Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David, Dark O'Shea Sounds Um, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, a The Irish for Podcast, brought to you by the Headstuff Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter G. Specifically, we're going to talk about Google Translate. It's one of the most noteworthy arrows in Google's quiver, which offers the user to translate from a vast array of languages, including Irish. And it's worth mentioning that Irish is by no means the smallest language in the Google Translate feature. It feels churlish to criticize such an extraordinary tool, especially one that is offered freely to anyone with an internet connection. But Google Translate is the bane of Irish teachers' lives. It's a translation tool, not a translator. On its own, it's like a pair of windscreen wipers without a car attached. So we're going to have a chat about the perils and pitfalls of Google Translate and Irish. And maybe we'll learn something about both. So I'm joined today with Shuni Gunn. Hello. Gardun McAvoy. Hello. And Pedro Kivon. Yep, I'm here. Whoops, sorry. Excuse me. Very hot today. Gardun, you have been marking papers recently. Yes, I was. It was... Super fun. Um, yeah, I was marking papers uh, in DC, but I also uh, teach, uh, do some grinds work with uh, secondary school students and um, uh, third level students. And just Google Translate is a bane of my existence. Like, I know when you're using it, please stop. Um, it's just so very obvious when somebody's put a text, a body of text into Google Translate and just copy copy and paste it from it and I hate it with a very passion. Just like what the uh, Irish government did for the 1916 <gasps> commemorations when they used Google Translate as their Irish version of the that, website. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how they think they're going to get away with it. I genuinely don't know how they... I've got friends from Cuba who I told, you know, stop doing that. Like, stop stop tweeting me in through Google Translate. Like, I'm, I have better Spanish than you do <laughs> Google Translate Irish and I've no Spanish but I don't know how the government do it like they just oh we'll just put this in as a placeholder and then we'll just let it go live and then we'll wait until we get 100 complaints and then finally we'll just get somebody to, to translate it and I think that's how it hit the big time when people realised that actually it had gotten so far that the government were now using Google Translate Yes that was that was pretty bad and I know I've, I've heard I've seen also in, in 
in in some various situations, you see that the actual what's known as the Nigerian prince email the bank sent give me some some money so you can un unlock the eighty million bank account. That's been translated into Irish using yeah. Google Translate. <laughs> yep. I am. Um, I I, I hold on to that. Every time anybody tells me the language is dead, I send them to spam. But when in it, Irish. but when that's sent <laughs> to a government department, they have to reply to it. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I think that's the, that's one of the greatest and most dangerous urban myths around the Irish language is that if you correspond with the government department in Irish that you you they have to they have to waste time and money responding to you. It's like it's supposed to respond to you anyway. Yeah, they're supposed <laughs> to respond to me anyway, exactly. Like and also like you don't get much of a response in English, never mind a response in Irish. Great way to skip the queue anyway, if I'm particularly oh, people. Oh, oh my god, we've all we've all benefited from that. If you use the ATM Oscalga option, you get a free tenor each time. <laughs> <laughs> President Higgins uses the Oscalga option. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually did my driving test in the last twelve months and I selected the Irish language option and the guy who came and did it like because it was in the Midlands and people just tick boxes so they didn't send out an Irish speaker and he panicked when he arrived and he was trying to say like take the second left of the roundabout and like couldn't even like put that simple phrase together and he was just apologising and I feel like that's probably why I passed my test because he was just so panicked about <laughs> you it. Deserved it. You deserved it. I feel like it. such a linguistic traitor. <laughs> <laughs> I did my language in, in I did, my, lang I did my, my driving test rather in the English language just because Father should be stoned to death. I should be stoned podcast. to death. How dare you? I should be dragged out and, and, and passport should be revoked. It should God. be. I have well, my passport. There was Irish. a <laughs> there was a myth. I remember that some years back that nobody had ever failed doing the, the test in Irish, and then some, a lot of people, leaving students, thought, you know what, do this, yeah. sweet, get get it ready for you know, get, get it ready for my own topping, have the driver test ready. And obviously some people copped onto it and then that suddenly gets you much more likely to fail because you've been tested on your Irish yeah. and you're driving <laughs> yeah. and you better know there's anything left and right. It's just like the, the lovely extra marks where you're doing your leaving cert. Oh yeah, yeah. They get free God marks. God, Lord, yeah, I have been beaten to death with that one. You got extra marks. You didn't You didn't deserve to get into that course because of those extra marks you got. I, like, I went to an Irish school as well. Like I went to a guy's school right the way through and people kept telling me about these loads of extra marks I was getting and eventually we had to corner one of our teachers and go like what extra marks are, are we getting I said oh yeah no the maximum amount of extra marks you can get is about 4% so you can't get Depending any extra on marks where you, if you where fail you it goes down the better you do so I mean um, it's, it's you only get the extra marks if you failed no you don't get them you don't get any if you fail you get zero if you no extra marks if you fail the only place it can help you is it can potentially, theoretically, lift you from a D1 to a C3. Mm -hmm. So it could potentially be worth those five sweet extra points Did on your Did not work cert. for me. I got a, I got a D. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so Google Translate wasn't available when I was doing my leaving certain chances are I probably was no harm because, I mean, I would have probably, um, I may have found it hard to resist. But then again, there's there seems to be... A, Every now and then people bring it bring it to my attention. We'll have a separate episode on, on being representing languages. But at the moment, this is an issue with how should you use Google Translate at all or should you use it selectively and how to do that. And just to actually um, illustrate some of the things it can do and can't do, I've found some buttons. The first one, I think, is going to be, is brought to my attention um, that somebody had ended a tweet with on Ra Abu. <laughs> and this, obviously, they're referring to, I mean... Um, how, how do you know, Derek? How do you know they're referring to any kind of organization? They're referring to an organization. organization. They're referring to an organization, but... The organization Jerry Adams was definitely not in. <laughs> he wasn't in it. Anyway, the, this was translated, on Rabu was translated as the UK forever. Because? Because R-A, capital R, capital A, is Reicht Eintaha, 
the United Kingdom. So you put in a capital R and a capital A, it's going to go to, because you're not going to find the Ra in any dictionary. It's true. See, Urban <laughs> dictionary. See, Ra. <laughs> up the Ra. Ra, comma, up the. Like, it's, but uh, yeah, so I mean, how do you know that this particular person was not a fervent British patriot? Because they're speaking Irish patter. <laughs> Many people can be. Look, That's look actually, you're, you're, you're quite right. Yeah. I was certainly worried. There's about four unionists in Belfast who speak Irish. <laughs> uh, you know, they're amazing. Like it's No, but yeah, look, somebody wanted to say up the Ra, and it's and hilarious. In fairness, Ra isn't an Irish word. No. No, it's an Egyptian I mean, sun god. Yeah, there you go. There you have it. And another one I thought, and then the, one of the things is Google Translate, obviously it's, it's been a blunt tool. It's getting gradually more sophisticated. They're moving from translating individual words to words in the context of their sentences. They've done research where they found, say, a, a company name like Air Canada will be translated as Air in Canada and they wanted to actually realise the, these two words because they are frequently used together and they can extract this information in Google Books. When words are used together, like Vlaclav and Havel and Czech, Czech Republic, they realise actually that this person must be talking about that. And one example of that I found is, like the say when you're referring to Ante an, an, Dirt, uh, if you're referring to the person who said it, the mm. one who said it, if you just type in Ante, it'll think hot. It's, it's very hot. It doesn't actually recognise the father, but when you add a few more words, it starts to recognise what you're actually talking about. So it's not completely. It's not. It's it's a little bit more sophisticated sometimes than we give it credit for. A it, little. It's, it's getting a lot more sophisticated. Like yeah. I, um, I'm an ex-translator and an ex-teacher before I um, jacked all that in and went to work in the charity sector because I'm a masochist. Um, <laughs> th- but uh, when I was translating full time, I used to use a tool called Babblefish by Alta Vista, the bones of which Google Translate is sort of, the ashes of which more so Google Translate is built upon. That was not overly sophisticated. You'd have to run every sentence through individually and you'd have to recontextualize it yourself. So the fact that this is actually, that Google is responding to context now and is sort of, I, I mean, we're not very far off Google understanding a shanuckle and translating it from, so like, we could type in Anin Kirog Kirogella and right now it'll come up as a beetle recognizes a different beetle. But we're probably not that far off from that saying it takes one to know one, which is the true meaning of the mm. the, the, the yeah. words in context. I wonder if you actually if you went into Google Translate French and you said plus a change, would it recognize that? Plus mm. a change, plus a même chose? Yeah. Who knows? Who's got Google Translate? <laughs> <laughs> hey. This is Rishi Agnew, and you're listening to 12 Angry Minutes, a show about art and anger. It just points your memory back and goes, remember, this is all continuous. This is all together. It's all in a timeline. So you can't look at the Eighth Amendment without looking at how the witch trials happened. You can find 12 Angry Minutes on Twitter at this head stuff and at guts underscore magazine. So I'm, I was looking again at other issues and one here I looked at was when you're typing in, say, Carwell Dara. Where, where is Dara? Who knows? And as happened is, where is second? Okay. And then I thought, well, what if I stick a capital letter in to make them know it's, I'm referring to a person called Dara and not referring to the second something? And then I said, second is Ka. So when, by capitalizing Dara, it kept Dara the same, second, but it changed the rest of the sentence. 
I think this is beautiful because my little brother, the second child born to my family, his name is Dara. So I think this reinforces the fact that he's in second place. <laughs> well, I'm a Sam. To my prevo. So that's the thing. So I mean, it's it is interesting. So with an interesting technology, it's it, it's interesting how they find these things. But the big thing here is that if you're actually translating reams of sentences, it will not get them right. It'll pick up words. It, it just can't always understand context. While the, the technology that it's used for other languages has can have a very wide spectrum of, of expressions to draw from. That and I think always... that that relates to how it's resourced. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of the work that's been done to translate Twitter and um, Facebook into Irish and Gmail is done voluntarily by a group of absolute mazers who I know most of. Um, <laughs> because they We've want to. We've all had to, a go at that, haven't we? We've <laughs> all thrown in a few phrases <laughs> yeah, into have. Facebook. And it's great, but it is very much, it's a voluntary project and right. what they do is amazing. But obviously it can't be as well resourced as people speaking French or Spanish or Polish. Yeah. So it comes back to resources and it comes back to kind of demand on how people use it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely not for huge lumps of translation or even full sentences, I would say, because... I've many the time been sent things and as much as I'm glad people want to speak Irish to me, it's been, it takes me five times as much time trying to decode what Google Translate translated. So then I have to put it back into Google and try and figure out what it said initially. Yeah. So it's definitely something to err on the side of caution with, to my mind. Yeah, I think it's good for the odd word here and there if you're not sure and just too lazy to find a dictionary. But um, yeah, I think overall... Stick and seeing as we have great online dictionaries yeah, in, in Irish. We do amazing. This. Between Terma.ie, Fuckler.ie and Changlin.ie we have Changlin's have, amazing. Changlin's outstanding. One thing you're never going to get with Google Translate is how to um, what is the word for say all the different forms pronounce. of the word. No, yeah. no, not pronounce but uh, 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 conjugate. How to conjugate. Conjugate a word or a phrase. It's got this new thing called Andre Grammedy that the grammar wizard or the grammar druid put in any adjective and any noun and it'll tell you how to say it in the Tishel Ginnaduch. It'll tell you how to say it in the, in you know, in dative and other cases as well. Like it's yeah. it's super, it's great. And you're never going to get that. You're never going to get that with Google Translate because Google Translate, for example, can't tell the difference between the various uses of the word is in Irish, which is on couple, the copula, mm-hmm. as well as uh, a verbal form. So it's an, an agarant. So it's really, it doesn't get nuance in the slightest. And we have the tools that will do nuance. The problem is we're lazy as a race no. of people. Like, I refuse to accept that. We are so lazy. We're so lazy. And getting lazier. We're getting lazy. Because of technology, probably. Because of technology. It's so easy to be lazy these days. It is. I, I mean, I accept that it, it's easy to be lazy particularly with technology can take away some of the things I think mm-hmm. I remember that I was reading an interview in the tablet with a rabbi who was giving out about I mean because people learning um, when, when they were doing their bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs learning the Hebrew phonetically on a tape and just memorizing it yeah. and he said that it's not so much the text which is obviously very important to understand but it's actually what you learn about yourself when you're studying and in the hours it takes to study the things that click in your head and the connections you make. That's, that's really that's, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That's that it's like thing. the journey rather than the destination. Absolutely. Then, yeah. And we are lo- losing the journey. I mean, it's a teleportation. Ah. Sure. If you could teleport from one place to another, you'd never be able to listen to podcasts and look at the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I have Podcasting has changed my life. I've learned to relish that bus trip in the mornings. In But the problem with Irish, the problem with the journey, is mm-hmm. that it's very rarely been a voluntary journey and it's very rarely been a journey of self-discovery. Google Translate perfectly suits the Irish attitude to Irish in a big way because... Tokenistic. Well, well yeah, most of, yeah, exactly. It's tokenistic and most people wrote learn Irish anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a huge amount of people listening to this podcast 
hopefully, um, will love the Irish language. Uh, but at the time, when they were 17, 18, they probably didn't have a clue what they were writing in their essay about Kerdarinamay or Malayan Tessira or, you know, Anshin Hitmeok treated in yoga because Fleskmeyer Futnahotje or whatever. It was a low brow brahluk pattern. When I learned the Irish language, it was a low brow brahluk. I think that's what's amazing about what Darragh has done with his Twitter account is that it's given context and it's given a contemporary mood and it's given people a laugh when they really need a laugh. And that's something that they didn't connect with Irish previously. That that sense of mirth and a bit of wit and a bit of cynicism as well mm-hmm. is really what you've brought and people really love that and yeah. I think that's something that Google Translate can never bring us mm-hmm. which um, folklore.ie actually does it gives me a laugh on a daily basis when I look up the word fuck and it gives me about 25 different entries under the word fuck entry not you know no pun intended whatever <laughs> um, but there are many great things to find on, on folklore.ie and on tonglin.ie that will give you a laugh and that make you rethink or reevaluate what you thought of the Irish language and the people who speak it and that is the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for that. I think for me, like when I set up the Irish Forum, it was 2015, and uh, I some people know the story, other people don't. I mean, um, when um, around the time, I suppose I'd been a very bad student of Irish in school, I've been, I was really bad, and and I think it was a way of kind of rebelling against my parents, who were both Gael Gorey, very, uh, very sort of linguistics and very connected to it. And um, I think it was very hurtful for them when I thought I hated it so much. And when my dad started, when my dad was getting ill, um, he, I wanted to understand, Irish men don't talk to each other. Fathers and sons are the worst, and I wanted to at least to understand the things that mattered to him. And I wanted to, I wanted to revisit the language to, to basically understand the thing why it mattered so much to him. And then gradually started dawning on me because of that journey, and I, I started tweeting what I was learning, what I was finding out as I was going. And I think possibly because I was coming in from a, from a learning place on that journey, I, I still had a sense of wonder that I may not have had if I was if I was even better at Irish at the time. But as it gradually evolved from that, I think it was, um, I think, yeah, before he died, he actually, he, he was beginning to see that it was actually getting popular. There's articles being written about it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's lovely story. And yeah. more importantly, you didn't use Google Translate along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have used it once. Of which you would be very proud of. <laughs> What I did find, though, is say sometimes if I was getting stuck into a bit of nose, like a glove and nose, a bit of nose, doesn't. Yeah, nose is a fantastic <laughs> online magazine. If you haven't read it yet, it's well worth a visit. Excellent, very high standard of writers and of writing. And sometimes if I, when I, when I was maybe not as good at Irish, I'd think I'd take a chunk of the article and put it in Google Translate, translate so I'd know what I was looking for. It would give me a few kind of... Um, mm road directions I, I, I think this this highlights what a brilliant tool it is like you, you yeah. mentioned at the at the, the top of the podcast it's a tool mm-hmm. it's it's a translation tool it's not a translator it's amazing for something like that I don't quite get this paragraph I don't quite get the context of the sentence mm-hmm. I don't quite get it so you can use it to give yourself meaning it's fine the problem is thinking that what it spits back out at you is a polished finished article that's ready for consumption and that's where the disconnect works. It, it would be really, really wrong to say that anybody sitting around this table is criticising a tool like Google Translate because no. it's really, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree it's really good. Geraldine, you're a translator. Yeah, like, I've yeah. used it several times. I mean, like you said, it's good for not too sure what that word means or what this whole paragraph means. So just get the context vaguely yeah. and then mm. work from there. You know, it's great for that. It saves time doing it. You can continue on from there. But um, yeah, I think, like I said, and we said it, we mentioned it at the start, the 1916 commemoration page um, was just the epitome of the assumption that what you put into a you know database online will give you exactly what you asked for it's 
maybe this thing what we mentioned earlier being as a race being lazy. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's that's exactly what I asked for. It's not at all. And clearly nobody there had ever met an Irish speaker because they know we like to complain. So. <laughs> it's neoliberalism. That's what it is. We're right back to everything is politics. It's neoliberalism <laughs> to think that if I bang this into Google Translate, what it gives me is better than paying a translator to mm-hmm. do some mm-hmm. actual work. That's the thing, because I think translation is an art and a craft, and oh, as yeah. well as science, and particularly... It's probably you, a vocation. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's, and a way of looking sen- at the world as well. It's a sentence, in some cases. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I got sentenced once to translating <laughs> a history of cricket in Tipperary <laughs> into Irish. How? Why? For money? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Why else? Oh, so just to get out of a love of I cricket mean, in Tipperary. more broader why is and why did that exist? <laughs> who's, who's paying for that? <laughs> Tipperary Libraries who actually run a fantastic bilingual service because I translated their website way back in 2005. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, I did one thing I did check, and this is interesting, was that I, was, I translated um, the, the simple sentence taught to Gaholan and to um, some other languages directly without going through English. And it impressed me that with some of the major languages, it didn't actually... I assumed and what had been the case was everything in Irish was directly connected to an English word, but now it seems that some of those words have, are, they obviously have some sort of code for a word like love or beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so when, when Tatu Gaholing is translated directly to English, it's you are beautiful, which is you know, not as not as beautiful way of phrasing it, but it's there. And it's in German, it goes to Sie sind schön. That used to get a great laugh in my school, I must say, because it's schön and schön. That's classic. It was so schön. What I what I really find interesting about this is that um, the the German which you've just mentioned and the French which we have in front of us as well, which says vous êtes belle. Um, forgive my desperate pronunciation, but I did. Vous êtes belle. Vous êtes belle. It's the formal version of it. Mm. Now Irish and English don't have formal informal codes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It just seems a little unusual that they've gone straight to the formal one, like you know. Uh, Thou art, thou art beautiful. <laughs> it's it's as if you wouldn't say it to somebody you're comfortable enough with. Yeah. Oh, the French. <laughs> and particularly for the context of the sentence, like that's probably not something you're going to be saying to, I don't know, an elder or somebody that you're not. Well, I don't know, maybe. Frau Merkel, she's in shoe. Yeah. <laughs> not sure how Frau Merkel would take that. <laughs> Monsieur, Monsieur Macron, vous êtes belle. You, <laughs> you can't Lamas Merkel. She's destroyed all her enemies over the past 10 years. Like she's, yeah, she's not one for buttering up. But what I did translate is, I translated Anwal Caligam Dugadin Laharis into French. And when I translated back, so it was J'ai la, j'ai la permission d'aller aux toilettes. And when I, I put that through English, it was, I have permission to go to the bathroom. Mm. Whereas everyone knows you don't have it yet, you're oh, asking. Right. <laughs> so that is just one of those little foes and me's. And that's, that's, it gives a small indication that while Google Translate is a, has, it, has its advantages, it is not it is not infallible. But neither are we. Well, I um, mean, if you look at that translation, you're, you're one little switch of two words away from asking that question in Waterford. You know, have I permission to go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, it's, so it it really it's 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 translated all of the sense and none of the context. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. where the human element comes in. The prose, like Aradine, to just come oh, in and roll back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that what you said it, it translates all of the the uh, the words, but none of the content. That's that's Google Translate in a nutshell. It's it gives you the words, but none of the context. And translation is all about context. It so. is indeed. And on that note, I want to thank you all for joining me today. Pater. Kermagat. Karajine. Ramila. Sean. Mila Buechas. Um, it's Dargashay. Thank you very much for listening to Mother Folklore on the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
I'll see you next time. Hey, Dara again. I just want to say thanks very much for listening to today's episode. It'd be great if you could subscribe to the podcast and wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. And if you can like and review the episodes as well, it's a great way of getting people to actually find the podcast and hear more of it. Thank you very much to the Headstuff Podcast Network for allowing me to produce it and bring it to you. You can find many other brilliant podcasts on the Headstuff website. I recommend, for example, Juvenalia, where people talk about a piece of pop culture that influenced them as a child. Also, I want to thank Kirsten Shield for doing the artwork for the podcast. I want to thank Brian for producing us and putting manners on us all. So, see you next time. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.